Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybox together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Have you gone and seen Netflix's number one show, Jupiter's Legacy, yet? If you haven't, go and watch it. Ask yourself the question, what is stopping me from seeing this awesome show? I literally binge-watched the show and I'm so glad that I actually did that because I did not see the ending coming. There's a little bit of a spoiler for you. Today's guest, my friends, is actually one of the the megastars from that show. Her name is Leslie Bibb. Now, for those of you that don't know who she is, you're in for a real treat. This lady is honestly incredible. She's a deep thinker. We had a great conversation that you're about to listen to, but she is known for her scene-stealing roles in films such as Talladega Nights. I'm all jacked up, man, dude. The Zookeeper, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Tag, Private Parts on Television, uh, she has starred on the ABC drama GCB by executive producer Darren Starr and based on the book by Kim Gaithlin, American Housewife, Nobodies and the League. She began her career as a model and was discovered in a nationwide modeling search held by the Oprah Winfrey Show and the Elite Agency. I feel like I'm getting back to Oprah Winfrey um, with a couple of the guests that I've had on the show, but even more. Um, you can see uh, Leslie opposite Josh DeHummel, who's another megastar, in Jupiter's Legacy, which is now number one on Netflix. You can go and watch all eight episodes. Go and binge them. They're incredible. But this is a, a great conversation that I hope that you guys love and that you guys share around to all your friends and family. So please go and do that after you listen. Uh, also, before you go, don't forget to subscribe rate and review the show let us know what you think tag leslie on instagram too but my friends you know what time it is it is time to form our own superpowers today in the story box because we're going to listen to the incredible story of none other than lady liberty herself leslie bibb do you have a little treadmill right behind you i do that is actually my mum's treadmill i can't remove it because she'll get angry at me 
<laughs> I have one too. Oh, how about that? It looks like the same <laughs> brand of treadmill. <laughs> My goodness. How about that? Somebody walked in and they're like, interesting, a treadmill in your living room. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't know where to put it. It's not like my home. <laughs> I watch like Netflix and walk on the treadmill. Don't don't worry. You're not, you're not the only one that has asked me about that treadmill. It's sort of like it's stayed there now for all my interviews for video. So (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like, yeah, comes with the territory. Over your shoulder, like, let me just tell you something. I work out. <laughs> I, I try. Work out. <laughs> then I have to steer it to my mom works out. And then I, <laughs> but anyway, I um, it's great to have you here, Leslie. I, I, I was just telling Kendall a moment ago that I watched the first two episodes of Jupiter's Legacy. And they, they, they gave me early access. Um, I mean, Jesus, that's like, getting like you know the pentagon papers or something they are very secretive about this i was i was like shocked a little bit and (laughs) and also happy at the same time i'm like this is this is awesome i mean i hate to you know this is a terrible question what did you think and are you really going to be honest and be like well actually i thought it was a piece of shit you know what i mean like you're no i'm glad you got to see it so i'm a huge film nerd if you can't already tell you like movie lover i wanted to be a filmmaker now, from a filmmaker's perspective, it was very different to all the other shows that I have like experienced in terms of superhero. But in what way? I love the story. Like that's what that's what hooked me. Um, what, and think, what do, what's, what about the story hooked you? I love this. Now I'm, in, now I'm interviewing you. What about the story hooked <laughs> It was it was interesting how it went from. I don't want to give anything away. That's the thing, but how it just sort of goes from one era to the next era, and it sort of ties. I think that's in common in. knowledge. I think that's totally common knowledge that we go from like present to the inception. Yeah, so it's basically you're you're getting the the behind the scenes look of their their back story, and then you go straight to the future where there are now, and you're sort of trying to guess how do they become superheroes. Okay. Yeah. I have to tell you, I'm really excited because I I watched um I watched some last night. I hate watching myself. And I was like, I'm not gonna watch any of it. And Ben Daniels, who plays Brainwave yep. on the show, and I have become very good friends. We were up until 12:30 last night. Like la- like I was laughing, cry- I mean crying, laughing, like wow. like pee pants, sort of. I love him desperately. And um and we were talking about how much we really love. I really love the, I mean, I know when I was in a time where like, it's like, if you, if you don't like it, if you're not too hooked by like one and two, then people turn off and then three and four, um, then, you know, there's all these algorithms and crap mm. like that. But I really, I have to tell you guys, like, and I'm not just saying this, episodes six, five, Episodes five, six, seven, and eight are so good. Oh, They're so dang, good. I mean, Ben especially has a scene in, I think it's episode seven, that is such a beautifully acted scene. And it's so, like, in the way it's cut, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I really have to say to the editors mm. in that and the special effects. Because when we were shooting it, I was like, how is this going to work? Yeah. And, you know, when it was written, when we go to this, we were supposed to go to this one location and it's, this location is kind of this beast 
but it was supposed to just be one sort of climate, if you will. Mm. And we couldn't, it, it was just became too hard. Like the schedule got jockeyed around things, you know, it's like any production, you know, I'm working today. I was not supposed yeah. to work on a Saturday. Now we're working today. So um, I think any production, it shifts. Mm. So we couldn't go to like wherever we were going, this destination, which was always the pitch. We were going to go to some really exciting, exotic destination to shoot for at least a month for all this sort of in the past stuff. And I love, like, I'm a nomad. Like, give me a suitcase, give me a passport, let's go. go I, I'll go anywhere. I'll like go to Tulsa, like, I don't care. Like, I just love any adventure. But you say it's exotic and exciting, I'm in. And then for some reason we couldn't do it. So we ended up having to do it in Toronto. And I remember I was like, Ben, this is never gonna work. Like, this is just, it's just never gonna work. And it's so weird because suddenly it was like art and life were imitating. Mm. I, Ben's partner was um, looking at it and he was like, was that real? Was that weather shift real? And he goes, yeah, literally we were, it was one thing happening on this morning. And then the next day we showed up and it was like, it went from like summer to winter and one day, and it was like, all this dramatic and all of these sets were found sets in, in and around Toronto. And it really ended up like when we were filming it, I was like, I think this is going to work. Like, I think mm -hmm. this, and then when you see it and then you see how they um, make it bigger and more deep and more exciting. And you sort of are like the lock is unlocking the doorknob is turning into the, you know, creaking the door back. It's really, really exciting. Mm. And I felt like I'm really partial. I mean, I'm partial because I think the story gets really interesting. And if you like that part of the, cause I feel like you haven't seen that part of it. You've never seen beginning and somewhat end, if you will, or, you know, and new beginnings for others. Like you never see that you see, I mean, maybe they did it like in a movie, you saw Godfather and then you saw Godfather you know, uh, Godfather too. So like you went back in time and it was so genius and you saw the, you mm. know, Marlon Brando's character, where he came from. But I'd never really seen that. And I'm not saying we're Godfather, but I'm just saying I'd never seen that with a superhero show. Mm. And five, six, seven, and eight are really, you know, the curtains pulled back. And it's so, I think it's real. I, I'm, I'm so, I'm really proud of those. And I think you start to see you start to, you start to understand what's happening and you, mm. and I think they did like the editors did some really inventive editing, which yeah. wasn't in script, like the way, like you see stuff. I, I thought I was really, I was like, Oh God, I hope everybody stays to watch those. Cause they're really good. You know, mm. it's hard. It's hard in this era of like, you know, people don't stick around. Nobody's got patience anymore. You know, I know. nobody's yeah. curious about what's next. What's, yep. you know, what's around. Everyone's like now, now, now. I mean, these phones, Instagram likes all of that stuff. So um, I, I, I hope people go old school and ride it out because it's beautiful surprises and some lovely, lovely acting and some really fun stunts. And um, I mean, I'm partial to six because it was Lady Liberty's 
episode and have a really fun fight scene, which I love. Um, and you sort of see the deterioration of what, of the code, of mm -hmm. the thing that, that they, they live by. Because it's true, like I find that, you know, you, sometimes it's hard to keep that, that moral comfort, like life is changing. Like life isn't the way it was in the twenties and it's not the mm -hmm. way it was in the sixties. It's not even the way it was in like two thousands. Right. Mm -hmm. So there is a, um, a discussion of, about that, which I think is interesting. I mean, I think you could go into this and go deep. Oh, hundred percent. You know, yeah. So, and I love, I mean, and then secretly I loved wearing all of those period costumes, those 19, late twenties, thirties costumes. I had, I, our costume designer is this woman, Liz Wolf. She's incredible. Like she built those super suits and, and again, I, I think mine's pretty kind of the best, but you know, I, <laughs> but um, I mean, I really love like Ben Daniels and Josh. I mean, they're just incredible super suits and it's a real undertaking and and I don't know you'll probably not she created a language so if you look at the when you that get to five six eight. seven and eight not just that that's that's sort of that look at our sleeves yes and look at Josh's whole suit mm -hmm. she literally created a language that she had mapped out so it's in the threading. I mean, she, I mean, she wow. did such like, every character. She had a backstory on everything. I mean, everybody has a backstory, but not to this extent. So if you look at like the fibers of my suit, there is like, it almost looks um, celestial mm. and it's this, and she's like, it's the language that sort of is created and that you really see in seven and eight. And, and you'll see in, perhaps drawings that Sheldon has. And they're embedded into the suits. So to me, every time I put on her costumes, there was a story within a story within a story. And when we went to the period time to 1929, 19, like 28, 29, 30, mm. she just, the authenticity with which she strove for. I remember I came into my trailer and I have this scene in episode six, it's a really fun scene. Um, Grace is having a really bad day at work. I'll just say that. And it's a really, it's like, she's, you know, I love it because she's like a, a woman in a man's world. So it feels yeah. very yeah. Sort of current, like what's happening. And, and I love Grace's um, tenacity and her fever. Mm. And um, she, so I, I have to wear these stockings and all my underpinnings, which is what she kept calling it. And I was like, do you mean my bra and underwear? And she's like, yeah, those are your underpants. <laughs> <laughs> well, period, they were from 1929. And so I had these like stockings and, and your stockings had garters and like a whole thing. And I opened a box that was from 1929 and I took out this silk, beautiful stocking and I go to put them on my big old feet with my big old clumsy hands. And I just went, <laughs> <laughs> and I ran. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. What did it? I mean, I don't know, but it felt like a treasure. It was like, 
nobody, this is over. Like that's done. That ship has sailed. That's never to be seen ever again. Those that's ruined. You've ruined it. Leslie did. So, um, yeah, God, she's like, it's okay. And I was like, no, it's really not okay. That like, that is gone. That's been wiped from the planet. This like little treasure, but yeah, I mean, she, I think she really helped all of us walk into every scene in a way prepared. I mean, I think an actor's job is to come in prepared. You know, you do your homework, you have ideas, and then hopefully you forget all the ideas and just listen in the moment and take it off of your partner and go moment to moment by that. But you have like this arsenal of things that you've, you, you have. And, uh, she she was like a Tommy gun that she gave you right before walking into the scene. Like she just like, it just changed everything. It changed, especially when you went to the period like 29, you like, you just change the way you walk, you change everything. And then, you know, the super suits obviously change, but you know, that's like this weird, have you ever worn, I mean, have you ever, ever had a, I mean, have you worn like a, costume or something like that where you dress up like a superhero uh no but it's always been oh. a fantasy of mine <laughs> it's pretty amazing like oh. i i was like i never thought at my age i would be a superhero i never thought mm. like you know i thought maybe i was like oh okay but it was pretty badass to put it on it makes you feel very strong it makes you feel like don't fuck with me Mm. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's pretty cool. So where did you think that you would be in your life? Because I'm, I'm curious about that. Like right now. Yeah. Where did you think like as a, a growing I mean, up? I mean, I think that doesn't that change. Do, do, I, do you feel like I feel like that changes? Yeah. You know, I remember being in my 20s. And thinking like it occurring to me that I probably wasn't sure about marriage. Mm -hmm. And because in my, when I was a younger kid, when I was younger, I thought, oh, I, I'm going to go. It just wasn't so important to go to the right college and get good grades. And, and, um, and I always thought like everybody got married in their twenties. So that's what mm -hmm. you would do. And you would have kids and you would have all that stuff. And then I, I mean, I guess I credit I won this contest when I was uh, 16 on mm. Oprah Winfrey and it was this modeling contest, but whatever that's, but it, what the bigger thing it did was it opened New York city to me. And I, I mean, I lived in Virginia, which isn't that far from New York, but it's not really where we went. It's like our family, we didn't, it wasn't like, we were like, Oh, we're going to go to New York and see theater. I didn't grow up with, that sort of thing. I grew up riding horses and my mom was working. My dad died when I was a kid. So it wasn't like this thing that we did and, and that sort of world wasn't, I wasn't hip to it. Mm -hmm. And so I just always thought like you get married, you have kids. And, but I remembered, I was like, I want to work. I don't want to just be, I want to always work. Cause my mom always worked. And I was like, I need to take care of myself and work and, and, you know, I'm going to have kids, but then I'm going to be able to do both. And I, I can do everything. My mom did everything. And, uh, and then in my 20s, starting to act and start, starting to have, I guess, some success. And then realizing, like, I don't know if I 
do I want to get married? Mm. And then I did get married. And then a year later, I got divorced because I think I realized I didn't really want kids. And that was a big epiphany. I mean, I'm even still sort of hesitant to say it because I feel like people are going to think I'm a monster. But I think it, it something struck me that my mom was always working because mm. she had my dad died. She had four girls. She had to work and, and she loved her work. And, you know, I think there was a price paid for her working and giving us a nice life. And, but I think there was an epiphany that like, oh, that's a, that's, you can't have, you can't like this idea that you can work and be a good mom and be a good friend and mm. and advance sort of like yourself as a person with like it, it, it's there's just not enough time there's just, mm. just not enough hours in the day something something has to be um sacrificed yeah and i think i think in my 30s when i started to go to therapy and i really started to look at it and i started to go you know it was very scary to say i didn't I didn't have the chip to want a kid. I remember some woman once saying to me, like, why don't you have babies? And I said, I don't, it's just, I just don't. I said, it's not really my thing. And, um, and apologizing for that, which is crazy. I shouldn't I should be able to say, you know, it's my life choice. But she said, you're not a real woman until you have a, have a baby. And I thought, well, that's really shitty because what if I couldn't, like, I, I didn't tell you, I didn't expand, like maybe I couldn't have children and maybe, I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know if I could have, like, but it just this idea that like, I, I'm not a woman unless I have a kid is like, was crazy to me. And I think I realized like, I really did wish that my mom had been around a little bit, you know, like when I was a kid. And I think that the mother I would wanna be would be there. You know, and I understand that my mom was doing the best she could, but I, I think who the mother I would want to be would want to be around all the time, but then I'm terribly in love with my career. So it's like, there's mm. a rub, right? Like I was like, it's, it's hard. It's like, and I, I think, you know, you know, you see like certain actors, like I remember like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, like reading a, a a story about them and they're like they they take a job every other job goes to them and I was like well that's luxurious that's not how most people like can live their life you know so I'm always really I think it's really cool when I watch actors who have kids and and do it all I I I don't think I'm I don't have that chip so I think like in my 30s it was being okay with being okay with wanting a career mm. and being okay with saying, I don't want kids and being okay with that and, and, and just trusting and being okay with like, I don't really want to get married again. Mm. I did it. I didn't do it great. And then, you know, I, I have this amazing partner and he feels the same way I feel. So it was like so kindred to find somebody who there's a real freedom because oddly I feel so tethered to Sam like I do feel married and I do feel mm -hmm. like 
I do have this. So in this weird thing of like embracing not doing something, it kind of, you know, and I think maybe even, I mean, maybe if I looked at it, like, I'm sure that was, you know, having lost my dad as at three, that probably had something to do with, you know, not wanting to, mm-hmm. to sink in deeply. Like, you know, marriage is so scary. You know, I saw my mom sort of crumble, but now, even though I'm not married, I feel if something happened to Rockwell, I don't know, I'd be in shambles. I would, mm-hmm. I don't, it's, I can't even, I can't even think about that, but so I don't know. I think I think there's a nice rhythm I found now, you know, as you hit 40s. I, I was talking to somebody and I've been really thinking about age. Mm. And I remember reading this article in the New York Times a long time ago. It, was, it must have been around Christmas. And I think it was the Times. And they were talking about something like, uh, New Year's Day was coming up and how there's a lot of um, birthdays on that day because like when refugees come into America they don't really know their birthdays they're from places where they're not like it's January 1st you know you were born October 6 1986 or something and so when because they don't know their actual birthday they just give them a January 1st birthday or something mm-hmm. and that they said they know that when they said, what year were you born? They were like, I was born in the year of the flood or I was born in the year of this. And and it got me thinking like, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you were? (laughs) And like, it's, it's so strange. Like, and when I close my eyes, I think sometimes I go between feeling like I'm 15 and then feeling like I'm in my twenties again. You know, I hope I'm smarter than when I was in my twenties, but like (laughs) that, curiosity feels like something I'm really, I really want to hold on to because Mm. like, that's, I feel like the discovery of like, you know, it goes so fast and, and I, as corny as it sounds, I feel really lucky to be um, where I am and to still have, I think a pretty great career and, and have a great love and to have great friends. And so, I don't know. It's pretty nice right now. I'm, I feel pretty comfortable mm. in uh, where life has led to at this moment. You know, you mean, life's funny. Like- yeah, it can change like that, right? Like tomorrow, I could be like, you asked me this, and I'm like, it's in shambles. But you don't <laughs> but feel like anything's know. missing at all. You don't feel like anything's missing at all in your life. Maybe one more dog. <laughs> yeah, um, I would like I would like some more dogs. I really love a I love a pooch. Um, no, I feel like what missing right now is I miss uh, Sam and I miss my dog and um, I mean I think I could always. There's a a difference in like wanting to learn more and that and there's that stuff, but like. I think I feel, I feel confident with where I'm going because, right, it's, it's in like, I feel like, I feel, I feel okay. I mean, I'm so curious, where is that all going to you know, go? But yeah, it, it feels, it feels interesting. I mean, there's something like going back to the show, it's like, you really get to see that. You see these people sort of possibly at the end of their lives. Mm. 
and then you see them at the beginning and you know they're so different when they're at the end of their lives to at the beginning and my mom just passed away um, a couple of years ago and it really I remember thinking about her life and how she changed and how fear came in you know it's really hard to live fearlessly mm. and I think it's a really important thing to do it's hard because times are hard and, and you're you know, we're in a pandemic and it's like, it's, there's yeah. a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of roadblocks. There's a lot of change. So, a lot of change, right. And change is scary. And, mm. and I remember thinking as my mom got older, when change would happen, she sort of hunkered down just desperately hunkered down. And, um, and, and it made me think about the show, you know, as, cause she just passed away suddenly, right? Like maybe six months before we started filming. And I thought about Grace, mm. this character I played and how her life, like, you know, when she's in 29, she was like the seeker in this truth, like missile and, and you know, wanted a career and wanted all of this stuff and, and didn't care about like, you know, having a man and doing this and, and and possibly that was also maybe a defense for her but she was doing something at a time when she was she was beating to her to her own drum at a time when that wasn't common with women mm -hmm. and which reminded me of my mother and and then seeing her and and then looking at looking at my mom's regrets and and looking at how my mom changed and how the fear set in and so you know, I think it's something as you get older, trying to feel okay with where you are. I mean, I don't know where it's going to leave. Like right now is a good day. Mm. I'm talking to you, the sun's shining, I'm working. Sam's coming to, you know, he's going to be here in two weeks after he quarantines. And it's like, life's pretty good today. Mm. Tomorrow, it may go to shit. But today, I'm going to take it as a win. Because I, I, I think I spent a lot of my life in the future and worrying about the future and trying to do that. And, and then realizing that like, I, I can't control anything. No, we miss the present. You know? and that's, right. You have to say, and which is an impossible thing to do. It's really hard. It's so frustrating. Why is it so hard to be in the moment? So I'm trying, I don't want to seem like I'm like, I feel really great about my life. I mean, I feel good today, tomorrow. You know, if we did this tomorrow, maybe it would be different. I'm supposed to learn how to ride a motorcycle today. That feels very exciting. Tomorrow, I could be sitting here with second degree burns and I could be like, fuck <laughs> that motorcycle. <laughs> but today, I'm excited. But so I think like that sort of, I am in this like contemplation. I think the pandemic sort of did that for me too of like, really, I realized that like, I like plans. I like control. I think because maybe my life when I was a child was a little out of control that I like to sort of keep it like this. And I think that's why I always had a lot of plans and this is where I'm going to be in twenties and this is where I'm going to be in thirties. And this is where, and then I feel like 2019 end of 2019, 2020 happened and everything went, you know, pear shaped. Mm. And I just, I, there's a, a real sense of like, all right, this is, I can't really, I can't do anything about it. It's, it's, 
this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I wish the world was a better place. I wish people were nicer. I wish people didn't fight and get angry about skin color and think that certain people are better than other people because of who they love or what color their skin is or where they went to school or what they did. I mean, like I, and I know that's, it seems sad that that is like a um, idealistic view, Mm. but um, yeah, I mean, I wish the world was a better place. I wish we didn't fight. I mean, I I've gotten to the point where I, like, I can't even, I can't really turn. I have to monitor how I start my morning and how I end my day. And it's, I think helping like my sleep patterns because don't you find that? I do. And I also like to your point, like you wish that. Sorry, I just talk so much. No, no, I, I love it. You're giving me so many, like I have so many questions. Like I do want to ask you, I could speak to you forever. Trust me. But to your point, and I think the importance of, of this show coming out and the message that the show is sending, you know, you look at, the old time and the ways of the old times and how people actually, you know, respected each other. They loved each other a little bit, you know, like there was, there was still that race aspect, especially in America, but they still like there was a civil aspect and you look at how it sort of changed dramatically over time. There's a lot more crime. There's a lot more hatred. There's so many organizations popping up everywhere. And I think we do need icons to just step up and we just, we we're only guaranteed of today in the first place. Like that's what I love. We are only guaranteed of today. Be present with what you have right now. Be grateful for what you have, the people around you. And then, you know, you can plan for the future. That's not a bad thing, but don't get stuck in, you know, either the past or worrying about what's going to happen next. You know, so I love, I love your points on that. And I think this show is going to do, wonders for society and I, I really hope that it does do wonders for society because we do need this kind of shake up uh and we do need to see it like i can't wait to see what you think of like the last four episodes because it really speaks to that mm. you really 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 see it and you speak to you know i mean we could look at the past and go oh it's better back then but there was the same racism. There was the same, you know, like if you just go look at any Dorothea Lang like photograph and you'll be like, it was not great. Mm. But I think it's, you can learn from that past. And, and when you see people who in that time were trying to rise above and do something better, and um, not take um, justice into their own hands. And, and, you know, then, you know, and it was simpler. Like, you know, there were bank robbers and stuff, but they weren't like people like mothers, like killing their children and, and people kidnapping people and doing, and like babies, like, like I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's terrifying. Mm. You know, a woman being beaten to death because she's, Asian in San Francisco. Like, it's like, what it's, it's, it's. It's like what goes on in people's mind for them to actually go to that extent. And my question has always been, you know, we, we have this past so we can learn from it, but have we been able, have we learned from it? Because you see. I don't know. I don't know. Have we learned from it? That's the big question. I mean, I always know I sit here in my 
white privilege and I know that. Mm. And I always, always just am constantly asking my friends, you know, what, what can, what, what can I do? Because it's like, yeah. you know, to be of service. And, and I think it's starting to change. I think if like we change our, our minds now, if, if, if there's like that reverberation, if that's like, you know, racism is taught, like, mm. it's not that it's not like you're not born. It's not like a gene. It's learned. Yeah. It's learned. And then your sexuality is you're born with it. And mm. it's okay. Like, so like, if we can teach our children to love and we, if we can teach them to judge less and love more and, and stay curious and stay in, um, the solution versus the problem. I mean, it's idealistic. I mean, mm. I think in a way that's like sort of a throwback to the beginning of the show when they idealistically were looking at changing the world. Yeah. And so, you know, I try to stay there because I, I feel like um, I don't want to be jaded about idealism because no. it's, it's all we've got. It's the only, it's the only anchor I mean, it's, it's the only thing I can tether to, to stay afloat, you know? And, but then if we stay in that, if we stay in that idealism, it's, it's, I guess it's the only place I can try to be and hope for, you know, kids changing the world. Mm. You know, I always, I mean, maybe that's like my only regret. Like if I'd had a kid and that I'd put a good one into the earth, you know, into the, into you know, but then that's no guarantee, you know, like, what if you get a, you know, you just get a rotten one, but, um, no, but <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I think you would have made I a great mean, mother. I, I mean, I hope, I mean, I don't know. I guess like you always just feel like you probably are going to screw them. I mean, maybe that's it. Just feeling like you don't want to screw them up. I, I honestly, I have so much respect for parents because I don't know how they do it. I don't know how, first off, I think I would bubble wrap my kid because I would be so crazy about I mean I get around my friends babies and I'm like <laughs> and then you see like some of my friends are like ah eh, they're fine um <laughs> they're fine but you know I I have friends who are really good parents and so it's so cool to watch them sort of stick it like a Russian gymnast like they really like do such a great job and their kids are so cool and so you know so but I think oh my friends are doing that like my friends are putting good nuggets out into the world and who are going to change because it's really what's, what's going to, what's going to change. And maybe because there's more of a dialogue now, right. You know, yeah. it's more, we're talking about it and there's a conversation and there's an awareness around it that it, it will, it will change, you know? Mm. I mean, it is wild how like, I sort of think like, this a pandemic happened, you know, a hundred years ago. Does it happen mm -hmm. like this? How cyclical life gets? Yes. Like you think yeah. you're gonna break out Friend, of it, and it's. Right? Like, I, I hope. I hope like it's not, you know, this time that we, because it felt like you know such a throwback to like the '60s, and you watch what was happening with race and the world, and and. And then you sort of watched how these great 
men and women were taken out and we kept trudging through. And so I hope, I hope that we, we break, we break that ceiling and we go higher. And there is, um, you know, I don't know. It's hard though. Human, human condition, right? Mm. It's, um, I mean, if I, it's frustrating because it's like, I just want to do it. I'm like, I can tell you how to do it right. Just do this life is so much. Just you stop hating. It's so much work to hate that much. Yeah. It's so much to drag around. It's so much, it's not fun, you know? And nobody listens. No, <laughs> you know? I do think that's something I, I was, that, that might be my one regret. There you go. I, mm-hmm. I wish, I always feel like I could do more. And that's um, same wanting to do more. Mm. And there's so many things to, there's so much, you know, I, I feel mm. like such, I watched, like I have one girlfriend, her name's Silky, and I watched like mother, two kids, you know, in pandemic and just, mm. she's very crafty. She's very stylish too, but she's very crafty. And like, as somebody who can pull like a rabbit out of a hat, like she's just, she's got a real shine to her. Mm. And she, I remember when the masks were, everything was happening. And, and I just, I was talking to her when like pandemic and we were in New York in um, March and April. And I was like, I feel so helpless and I don't know what to do. And she was like, I'm, I'm doing this thing. I'm delivering medicine to people in this. And so I would just like send money into her, like, you know, to try to help like that. But I was like, I just love that her, her call to action, she's such a doer. And I wish I was more of that. I had that sort of thing. I, I wish I had, you know, that Mm. I'm good at like, you know, raising money for stuff, but like, she's like, really her sense of doing is incredible. And then when they were running out of masks and she had fabric and she started making masks for the nurses in LA and I think she started, she was going to make a hundred. Mm. And then she was like, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make 500. And I think when she was all said and done over the course of like two, two months, I think she made like 2,500 masks. Oh, wow. Or, yeah. Like she, she was like a sweatshop. She was just like <laughs> constantly like, you know, in there, but it was, and they were like, it was amazing because they were beautiful and yeah. cool and I dare to say chic and did the service and and protected them. And then was making them for kids in children's hospital, me children's hospital and doing all of it. And I just really inspired by her, her sense of doing Mm. that, that I could, I could be better at that for sure. I could. I, I love how small or even random acts of kindness can change a person's heart and mind it's quite inspirational like i couldn't stop smiling hearing that and i don't even i don't even know this person but that is the power of a story right you telling me this person's story so i think and one of the things that i want to do with this and, and have these conversations with people like yourself leslie that want the change but the only way i believe that we're actually going to get it is by sharing these kinds of stories to make people realize them because I believe that's the sheer power of stories. They, they're innate. They go inside us. They stir us up. They, 
get us to do things. Some of them we don't really expect us to do, but we do it anyway. But yeah. that's that's where it comes from. And I think if we were to share more stories on this particular thing that we can change for the better, and here's some amazing people that are changing, that you know they're showing us how we can change. But then it all comes down to you personally as an individual and a human being, you've got to make that choice to change for the better, to be. Yeah, I also think there's something too in what you were saying, I'm sorry to interrupt you, okay. um, that of, of staying in um, that it's okay to ask questions about it and, and exactly. be curious about it. I think something happened. I sometimes hear, I hear men say this a lot, like, I'm scared to ask a question around <laughs> time's up. Uh, and, um, and, 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 and I was like, there's nothing wrong with asking a question. No. You know, it's not, it's like, I'm not, it's like me being scared to, ask a person of color about their experience in the world mm. you know like you can't you have to and hopefully the people i'm asking are patient enough to not you know be like oh here you know and to have that i think like it's a it's a sense of both mm. to um be okay like you know i mean i know that some women will be like of course you don't know you sit in your white privilege your male privilege yeah. and you know um to you sit there and you do that and it's like and yes that could be yes but or if we take that time to educate yeah everybody and and edu and, and stay and go god if i just take this time to educate and yes it would it, i wish they had this chip and i wish they understood what that was but maybe i can help them understand and maybe i can mm. help them you know, um, just turn a page in their book so that the story doesn't have it. it it'll have a different ending yeah. than the one that they thought it was going to be. It's like a choose your own adventure. It's like, no, 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 we're not, we're not going there. We're going to go over, we're going to go over here. Mm. And, and being okay with asking questions because I know it's scary. It's like, it does. I mean, I, I hear people go, Oh, it's, it's, you could step in so much shit right now. And it's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I sometimes feel that way. You know, I have a very, um, not sort of, um, sort of dark sense of humor. And like, I maybe don't say things. So I maybe swear a little bit too much and have, you know, and so I, I, I get, that you're like, oh God, I'm going to say something and someone's going to take it wrong. And it's like, you know, and you feel like you're walking on eggshells, but it's like, it's okay. It's okay because I'm going to feel this way. It's not the truth for me. And if I do step in shit and if somebody says that I didn't like that, then you go, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And, and then go, that's not, or this isn't. And it's like, you know, there's, I think we just have to stay in, that we're all gonna fuck up and we're all gonna do something wrong. And, and I, but that it's, it's just fuck up less. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like- And catch it sooner. Yeah. And 100%. say you're sorry and mean it. Yeah. And listen, I think those are like sort of like easy tenants mm. to um, sort of live by. 
you know? I, I think he just said it. He just, because people are, you know, the question aspect, my grandfather used to say to me all the time, he goes, if you don't ask, you don't get. And the only question that is a bad question is one that's not asked. So don't be afraid to ask a question, even though you may think that it is the worst possible question, you're going to offend someone. He said, just ask it. And he's like, if you end up in a, a massive disagreement with somebody, he said, stop, take a breath, relax. It's going to be okay. Ultimately, um, go back into your corner, so to speak, and then really understand like try and get into that person's mind and their heart and try and understand where they're coming from. And like I think stay in the room, I feel like, like, yeah. you know, don't take the ball and go just stay in the room. And I think, cause I think underneath all of that is, and this might be me thinking idealistically is that when people flex up and get so angry, it's really, it's really actually a reflection of, how they're feeling about themselves. And that somehow, if they, if, if like you really peel back the layers, that it's a deep sense of, uh, they feel shame or just mm. like a, a disappointment. Like it's, it's deep, right? Like yeah. I, I think, I think there's some people who are just bad people and yeah, and you're like, I, I, I can't, but like, I think you can, I hope you can change. I mean, I hope you can reform people. You know, I want to give, you know, it's like, I, I, I want to give people chances. I want to give people a chance to be better and do better. And, and then possibly if you give that person a chance, they'll give somebody else a chance. And then that, you know, I mean, it, it does, like, if you look at the whole of it, it's like, you know, it's like day by day. It's that thing. It's like, do you look at the mountain that's sort of before us of, feeling the change we want to have in the world mm. on so many levels on like on on race on on gender issues on women's issues on like lgbtq issues like on on the weather on like like global warming on climate like everything the way we deal like the way politics deal like all of it I get daunted sometimes. I open, you know, my New York Times on my computer and I'm like, oh Jesus, How, okay, what are we gonna do? What, yeah. oh, this is nowhere. And then slowly I go to my crossword puzzle because I wanna just like, and, and then I think, oh, you've gotta start small. It's like when you start raising money for something and you go, how am I gonna hit my goal of like $10,000 or $100,000, whatever it is to, for whatever. And you just start with the first dollar. And then you hustle and then, you know, and then hopefully it changes and changes and changes and something happens. And my friend Silgi, she just did this thing where uh, she, like the month of April, she was going to make masks. And if you bought one, because she has this website called Stay Up, Stay, Stay Safe. And, um, and if you ordered one in the month of April or the month of March, uh, all that money, anything you ordered that month, she would give to LA Food Bank and another food and, and her choice of a food bank in LA. Mm -hmm. And again, like her just coming up with an idea of like how to like create change and doing it. And, and I love that she just did it. And then I, I was like, girl, how did it go? And she's like, oh my God, a friend of ours who's pretty 
famous and has a lot of followers and stuff. Like he posted one thing. She was like, those people are not fucking around. They show up when he's like, yep. they started, or she was like, I, she goes, I worked 18 hours straight. I was just making masks, ironing them, putting them in, mailing them out. Like, wow. but she raised all this money. And it was like, you know, now I, I, I love that. Like, Sometimes if you look at the hill you have to climb, it's too daunting. So you just have to start with like one, one foot in front of the other mm. and how to, how to do it. I don't know. And then I think, what the fuck do I know? Like, I'm just like, I don't know. I, I just think if every day, if like, if I'm a good person and I try to do my best and be kind and when I want to flex out or freak out or get triggered or when I get triggered or when I get scared and defensive or whatever, like, it's like, I can sort of try to stop it or try to <clears throat> stop myself from reacting and sort of think for a second, like what your grandfather said, like to respond, not react. Mm -hmm. And, and to see that, like, we're all trying to do our best and that, to sort of have like that belief that we're good. Um, <clears throat> like, I guess that's all I can do right now. You know, I just start with me and trying to be better, but I don't know. I fuck up all the time. I think you know, I feel like, I hate when, like yeah, I mean, right. Like you sit there and you go like, I don't know. I never want to feel like I'm that person who's like, I have it all figured out. <laughs> <laughs> trust me the moment the moment you say that something happens then yeah. you're like oh crap now i i don't have everything figured out so where do you, how about you you asked me that question how about you what about you do you how do you feel about where you are right now in your life i feel like i'm not there and i don't ever will be there like i'm always thinking what, what, is, what, there? what is there you know yeah what I'm is always, that to you yeah, what is next for me? And I think it's like this level of excitement and joy, like being able to speak to you today, Leslie, is a joy. I look forward to these sorts of conversations with people and I'm sort of going in to my life right now and I'm asking myself, how can I grow more? How can I help more people? Because that's my purpose is to help people realize that they are worth something in society. doesn't matter if you think that you are less of a person because you, what you do no it's got nothing to do with who, who you are like you are a human being made with a, a special unique purpose and that should be valued you should value yourself uh yeah. and i think that's what's missing is the authenticity where people actually know who they really are and then others just accept who they are and we're able to move forward in life and it's sort of like no you're wrong i'm right and we're in this massive conflict. Do you think that changes? Do you think who you are changes? Do you think that- 100%. But you have to stay, right? Like you have to stay curious. You have to say, I think that like in this desire to, um, I think control is a thing like mm. in that desire to control because if we control it, maybe we won't get hurt. If we control it, I won't be as scared. If I control it, if I make enough money, if I have the right girlfriend, if I have the right boyfriend, if I have bigger boobs, if I were five pounds skinnier, if I had this car, if I had all of this stuff, and there are all these like things you're trying to control to be happy or to be this mm -hmm. or to be that. 
it's um control is like is bullshit it's toxic it's a toxic well, yeah, mindset. but it's this thing that we're taught that like and that is like and it's a, and that's like sort of a big conversation it's like what does that even mean like yeah like it's like I, like I don't know I, I think about that like what does that even mean to me like mm. to control it because I can't control anything we try I mean, honestly <laughs> if you put chocolate in front of me I couldn't control myself I'd be proud that in my mouth right now I love it mm. you know I would, you know but I, I it's it, but this idea that if I do that everything's going to be okay it's kind of like in the show if he can if mm. he can if you know the utopian can do this everything's going to be okay. And this is, yeah. that's, that's, you got, it's like that um, Bruce Lee thing. You got to be mm. like, be water, like water, like water, like water. Yeah. you know, and that fluidity and that, and that. And so I think this idea, and I don't know if it's that, I don't know, it's taught or it's, is, is it's, if it's taught or experienced, like, like for me, I know, you know, my dad dying at such a young age was such a massive thing. Like mm. to the point that I don't think I understand, I still am like, like unpacking that and um, yeah. peeling back those layers of that onion of what that did to me and how it affected me in my life choices. And some amazing and others really, um, destructive i guess in the way that stopping my because i think in a need to control because of feeling that deep loss and that deep abandonment that it made me make really like different you know life choices that all led to this and thank god for therapy but like <laughs> yeah god for therapy. Yeah, tell me about um, so you know that control is something that I think it would be a cool thing for people to to let go of that. That's like mm. that voice in your head that tells you this is where you, like when you just said, I'm not there yet. And it's like, but what is there? Mm. Like right now, you like, you, like, I think it's an important thing. It's like, it shouldn't be your, it's the thing that sort of propels you to keep growing and striving for to, you know, it seems like it needs to be like an engine, but sometimes, I think there is somehow equated to joy or if mm. I get there, it's, it's like there, like, do you, does that make sense? I feel like I'm not explaining it. That, no, like, you're making perfect it, sense. Yeah. It's like the fucking journey is like, yeah. which I know I want to shoot myself in the face when I say that, like really the journey. Okay. Relax. Deepak Chopra, <laughs> Leslie, like you're not, but like it is these like little like things you hear or these, these things were like, you know, it is the journey, not the destination. And it's, but it is true, mm. you know, control less, live more, you know, and it's those things that, that control is a real, uh, it's a real poison. I could, I, could I could stand to cut that out of my life a little bit. I, what I've learned in my 24 years on, on this earth, and I have been through like a ton of rubbish and crap but I, I i own that and what i've learned about control is i cannot control the things that are outside of my control area so i just need to learn to accept what is in my life and i can only control who i am my values my character my belief system 
that is the only thing that I have the utmost power yeah. in controlling. And, and how you respond to that, right? Like how you react, exactly. like your response to when that's, that is. It's when, like when, when trauma comes in, into your life or negative experiences happen, it's like, how am I going to react to this? Am I going to go and wallow in self-pity or am I going to rise above it? Like that's the, the distinction. Too, I think it's okay to wallow. Like, you know, I think there's. You have bad days. Everyone does. Fuck, yeah. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to cry. I think there's something about crying's gotten a bad rap. Yeah. But like, like, it's okay to have. I mean, I also think there's something to when people are having bad days and then they just don't let themselves feel that. Yeah. And they're like, nope, I gotta be happier. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, it's okay. It's also. Like when people, I hear people go, I don't fight with my, by person, you know, like, like, really, like that just feels again, like a sense of control, like a sense that if I do this, um, but if I, if I can like that narrative, it's like, my life is, I don't fight. We're very happy. I don't cry. I don't have bad days. I don't have this. And somehow the narrative of your life is that it's peachy keen. And that somehow if you do do those things, your life is shit. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, again, I think we just need to be a lot easier on ourselves and others that like, and, and to forgive people and to go and to maybe put yourselves in their shoes and and say like, oh yeah, we're having a bad day. I'm having a blue day or I'm having this. And, and yeah, like, you know, you lose something or something doesn't go your way and being pissed about it and then going, all right, pick yourself back up, start again, you know, because I think there's something not great about not feeling all those things. Yeah. You know, because it's like, it's hard, you know, you look at like a life of Instagram and everybody's life looks so fucking great on Instagram. But then you also have these people who then like are constantly like, I think, sharing so much and then you're like but that almost feels like is that is that for you or is that for me like what i don't know it's like but it also feels like this um slippery slope of of not being present in your life and putting a lot of energy into the lives of others that you don't really know or you don't really do you know what i mean like like there's something that I don't know. I think it's, it can be, it can be a slippery slope, mm. you know? I mean, it's, it's wonderful in a way and like FaceTiming and all of this like immediate thing, you know, it's, there are wonderful aspects of it, but I think, you know, for people like go easy with the, um, can comparing to people in a time of like Instagram and filters and, stuff like that. Somebody was saying something to me, like, I didn't even know there's like something called like face, face tune or auto tune. Like, I don't know what you can like, I don't, I don't know what it, I don't know what it, it's like some app that you can have that can like make your face. Yeah. My goodness. And I was like, wait, you like, not like a compute. Like to me, I was thinking like, like that has to happen in like, like, (laughs) like totally like dating myself. I'm so not techno. And I was like, wait, I can go in and it's not like an IG filter where I make myself have big eyes or have like a crazy, they're like, no, you can like tune your face. 
And I was like, Ugh. you can see how that's dangerous. subversive too. Like I'm going to change my face. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm, I, I definitely take a photo on Instagram and then go, ah, I don't, let me take another one. But like, I think that when you start getting a little, um, you get bogged down in it and you start really thinking about, okay, I don't, I don't look so good. You know, people aren't going to like this. You start thinking of once again, all the what ifs, but you don't actually know if yeah. that's going to be the case, but yeah. You just make it or work yourself. Somehow, you know, like I always worry that like sometimes, you know, I really love, I love, I love Sam so much. And so sometimes I'll post about him and, <laughs> and I never want people to feel like, sometimes I think like, God, I hope somebody looks at this and feels like bad or feels like I don't have, like, you know, it's truly like, I, it seems joyous to me. Like I, I really feel quite lucky to have found in this lifetime a great love like like, mm. like a great love and um i just like i'm he's just i just love him so much and feel really lucky and um but i i sometimes like in my head i was like god i hope nobody looks at this and then feels shitty about something about them because it's like Let's be clear. Like, I love him, but we fight. You know, I love him. And sometimes he wants to chuck me out the window. Like, you know, like, <laughs> it's not like, you know, I mean, Rob Muller, like, we, we got, we, we, we feel everything, you know, we got an opinion about everything. But I just think like that's, I sometimes worry, you know, it's like, or you take photos and you're going to like the Oscars or something like that. And it seems really exciting. And it's like, the truth of it is I've just popped three Advil. I can't breathe. I haven't eaten in like 10 hours. And I'm every time I stand up, I get lightheaded and, and I'm scared. Mm. Like, it seems really cool. It looks really cool, but inside I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared of like people judging. I'm scared of, you know, and it's like, those things, like they seem really fun, but terrifying. I, I want to have more fun at those things and feel like, but you know, it's real Judge Judy time though when you you go to those things. It's it's not like being with like your circle of friends and like sitting in the backyard having a glass of wine and like mm. talking about feelings, you know. But it's that danger with Instagram and feeling like you know life in life in 60 seconds or life in, you know, a hundred words or less, mm. you know, and, and then I'm always really impressed with people who do it right. And like, I don't know, like Jennifer Garner. I mean, she's like, so she's I love amazing. like fire. She's amazing. Yeah. Like she just makes it like, she makes it look so good. And she's so nice. Like, and, and like, I don't know. She's like, I feel like she's a unicorn a bit, you know? Mm. And there's certain people like, I think like Taraji P. Henson, like I love following, like T does it so good, you know? You know, they're just really, they do it really good. And there's something about what, you know, you feel inspiration or I started following this cook and like, she seems really like authentic about when she's talking about her kids and, you know, and she's talking. So there's something like, I just always hope like, in this world of that and like having to do that, that I don't make anybody feel 
I, yeah, I, I want, I strive to be like some of those people mm. who, who do it pretty darn good, you know? Well, you are amazing yourself. You, nice. you kind of remind me, uh, you're a toss between Jennifer Garner, uh, Taraji P. Henson, as <laughs> well as, uh, uh, Kirsten, uh, Kirsten Bell. You're, oh, Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. She's, a, she's another one who does it really. Like, she's so authentic and honest and, like, really, again, does it really, does it right. Like, you know, so. Can I ask really. you one final question? Yeah. This is, this is my all-time favorite question. So I ask everyone at the end, uh, but I want you to imagine with me for a moment. It's a hypothetical one. That you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. But they've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? That I was kind? that I was fearless, that I was generous, that I loved deeply and wholeheartedly, that I made people laugh, and that I laughed. Uh, that I helped in some way, I helped others. It has a lot of dogs in it. I love dogs. Good. <laughs> um, and maybe some horses. That I was a good friend. That I was a good listener. I was kind. And that I was authentic. I love that it. That I was fearless. And um, yeah, I think that's it. I love that. that I, yeah. I'd that, like for yeah. that people to watch that, but also know that I hope that, that I, I hope that when I leave this plane, that everybody who has affected me knows how much I love them mm. and how important they are to me. I think that's important. I think it's an important thing to say to people. You know, we don't know. We don't, we don't know. Like, we don't know. We don't know how long. I mean, I'm not kidding. I have to learn how to ride a motorcycle today. I mean, who, like, you know, I mean, life, you know, it's one thing I learned from my dad is that mm. you can Very like cool. that. You go to work, you don't come home. I want people to feel like they were loved mm. like by me. You know, those, so help. I feel that. I really do. And I've, I really, really do appreciate your time and speaking with you. Like I said before, I could talk to you forever. <laughs> like, I'm, we'll I'm not kidding. I could, I we'll could. do it again. We'll do it again when we have to do this one. You, this is more, very different. You're more than, than welcome to come on anytime that you want. And I'll leave you with this. This is, uh, <gasps> that's my baby. You know that, do you know that that's like, Sam and I are obsessed with German shepherds. What, boy or girl? Girl, her name is Alita Joy Phantom. She is. Uh, that's like a racehorse. Alita she Joy Phantom. <laughs> she is huge. Like, okay, so there, 
I, I am only six foot seven, uh, five, seven, <laughs> sorry. Uh, and she comes up like to about my shoulder. That's how big Thank she is. Yeah. Um, we just lost our German shepherd, Sadie. Oh. She was a black and white one. She reminds me of your girl. Um, we lost her last July 4th. We had to put her down. I hate that word, put her down, let her go. Yeah. And, um, I had her since she was five weeks. It's like, I still cry about her. Yeah. I'm still like, I'm, well, like she, she gets yeah. me. And so we have a new German shepherd that we rescued from this, um, foundation in this like pet rescue a dog rescue in new york called hearts and bones rescue and uh we have a, a boy and he's a, a sort of a dutch shepherd and a german shepherd mix wow. and his name is Gus, and he's a piece yeah. of work my sister has him right <laughs> aren't they but they're super intelligent right yeah, he's pretty rotten. I, I can tell the difference between the boy German Shepherds and the girl German Shepherds. I mean, I got my work cut out for me. Trust me, thank uh, me. Yeah. I love them. They're the best. They're the best. That dog just literally gave me joy. Um, thank you so much. Have my the pleasure. best day. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcast. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.